0: Like um, right
1: Yeah. Hello, sir. Yes. <laughs> How you doing? Good, looking clean.
0: I want to fucking get to the bottom of why everyone loves you And why you're the connector. <laughs> why does everyone love you? <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Day three, back at GDO Supply. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, Happy yeah. fucking birthday, no. let's go, oh. big man. now we're going up. Can oh I make you sure you have go to Five pods, baby. Yeah. Thank I'm you for there. having me, bro. Thank you, my brother. Thank <laughs> you. I'm excited to watch this shit. So, day three in Sydney. You the boys were on? up. Um, and uh, yeah, we've, we've been working out of g Supply. Shout out the boys. Um, we always thank them when we come up here, but we do have the bosses on the pod today. We've got Ars Jose, Reese Adams. I'm and we've got Bo. we makes some noise, Makes some Let's noise, Makes some noise. Going, all the honey. people, all the people in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the
0: people in the back, we see you. Yeah. We, were, we were just
1: having mad yarns and like, fuck it always happens like this, Jerome. Like we'd be talking, we're talking before the pod and the conversation's are always so good. And then we have to try and like get that energy on the pod. But anyway, we're here now. Thanks for coming on boys. Nah,
0: I appreciate you,
2: appreciate you, you know, for having us. I'll say, I'll start
1: with this, right?
0: I met you yesterday. Love your energy, bro. Oh, of course, brother. Thank I, love, you, I love his energy. On, bro, this guy
1: tried to scare me yesterday. <laughs> fucking dickhead, bro. I was coming in. I don't know. Oh, no, I heard. He goes, ah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, oh, fucking good. what the fuck? I'm trying to film
2: him. I
0: couldn't get the camera. Uh, yeah, it's always <laughs> a fucking way. And then this guy, nicest guy to ever live on planet Earth. So, you know, I'm, I'm real happy to be here. I'm fucking tired. I can't lie. But I was like, if I'm talking to these boys, I can relax. There's nothing to stress about. We'll just have a yarn. We'll kick it off. Yesterday we did, what, four pods?
1: Yeah, we did four um, pods, bro. It don't was. ever
0: talk to me about work rate. For everyone that always says I was a lazy bastard, I never had a full-time job and all that, well, you do four podcasts in one day. Yeah, try we it. We were late this morning, bro. Well, we were late this morning. <laughs> Punctuality's not there just, just yet. But how are you boys doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm good, bro,
3: honestly. Grateful that we are here, that we have the space, that you know we can host you guys, come through and do your thing. You know. So. 100% man, no, we appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Speaking of this space, right? Fuck it's beautiful. Like guys, we'll show you obviously some, some BTS <laughs> with the GoPro and all that, but we're in Marrickville, Up supply headquarters. And how did this place even come about? Because like, was it an old house or something? Like give us a story of like, what even, how did
2: this even come about? It's it's funny actually, like e- even just how Jet Up Supply in, in in its current form came about, um, is, is pretty pretty funny in terms of, mine and Reese's relationship with it. But in terms of finding the place, it was like in the middle of like the first lockdown in 2020. Mm. Um, Reese had only recently come on board with jet Up Supply, and um, we were just like working out of my apartment and stuff, and working mm. on the rooftop and. And, and shit like that, and then we started just looking around, and we we're just trying to find some like some dodgy places to, to make it cheap because we'd only just started. Yeah. Um. And we actually the first time we came to inspect this place, remember that, Reese? We rocked up here and Harris uh, yeah. he didn't come. We we're sitting out front. And we we're just like, oh fuck oh, this guy! You fuck. know, we were we were burning. We we're like, how do you how do you set up a, an inspection and then not come? And then. We looked at a few others, and we went to that Dodgey's one in, in Asheville Ashfield that I was keen. As <laughs> yeah. as in, I, I was like, bro, I can see we the vision. We were kind of keen everywhere we went. we were just like, yeah, I can see the vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like a know? little fucking
0: shed with cockroaches. I see it, bro. Let me know. Ashfield was, yeah, honestly, fucked out. What was it? What was in there? Just. Old, was just beat and run down. Bro, it was an like an telecoms old, Yeah, joining. like a
3: Telstra joint or something like that. But there was a lot of work and we we're like, yeah, we can do this. Like, <laughs> That's that played this whole motherfucker. Like, and and we they, I knew out.
2: that they were going to, the real estate agent had told us that they were going to knock it down. So I full low board him, bro. I think they, I think they wanted yeah. like a thousand bucks. I was like, bro, we'll give you 250. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and that didn't fly. And then, How's that sound? Yeah. yeah. And that didn't go ahead. And then we, um. But we, also they also said, oh, no, we can only have you in here for six months yeah, or like, yeah, like yeah. Oh. don't worry. Um, so then we it. circled back here and i was like fuck it let's just go and see it again and when i, I came to inspect it, reese actually wasn't here and bro it didn't look like this it was like they had like all like brown walls the all the roof was like still like green and it was actually an artist like an old dutch artist who's been who he owned the place at the time and he sold it to the now owners um this greek guy who owns like fucking 50 america he's um he okay. paints all the building the same color bro it's just like he's That's how he swings his dick around (laughs) Um, So we looked at it And I'm sorry I looked at it And took all the videos and shit And this guy would like Some of his art He'd like He was like painting coffins And it was this real weird shit There was like skulls and stuff Laying around It was a bit funky was so a bit of like a Sherlock Holmesy type of weird guy that has his lair. And yeah, bro, we we met him, and yeah, he was a, he was just a chain smoking Dutch mate yeah, who yeah. just fucking yeah, yeah, who made art. But he lived out of here, and that that room in there that we've set up as like a separate office, and it's now going to be um, my art studio. Um, that was his bedroom, and then like he he had done all this work, but it was all like half ass. Like my mum came in and tiled that. I was I put a. A thing out on on uh, Instagram saying, "Does anyone know any tiles or whatever?" And My mum was just like, "Yeah, I can fucking do it." <laughs> <laughs> <She> just came <laughs> what in. What did and you like day, yeah. <laughs> You guys built
1: this. I remember when you. I remember like seeing your stories and shit. Like when uh, you guys, yeah, you, you work, guys dude. like literally put built this place. Like, like
2: probably about like two, like maybe a month. Like no, I it was like a good until we finished and got it yeah. furnished, bro. It was like a two good two to three months because the painting, bro. Like painting, we yeah. had to repaint the whole thing. We we left the floors as they are, but. Remember those two um, South American lads we got in to paint the, the floors <laughs> there, bro? That was hard. and they, they initially quoted us and then they finished it and it was like what we ended up paying was like triple what they originally quoted yeah. us because it was hard. Oh manos. They, 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 put the, they put the work in yeah, there.
1: Okay, but like j- let's, let's start from the beginning because for, the, for our listeners that don't know and for the people that don't know, like what is GDOP Supply? What do you guys do? What's the service?
3: It's like a one-stop shop of like brand development design, clothing manufacture, um, and even logistics. So we can help clients conceptualize a brand. We can uh, take over and help them develop it. Uh, We can design it up. We've got a strong design team. Bo heads that up um and yeah we've got a strong supply chain over in china that bo is known
2: for how long now bro Robert? 10 13 years 10, yeah. 13 right. years well, yeah. you tell about your experience going yeah. over there well it's, it essentially came about um obviously i co-founded G Up and ran that with my brother for 10 years um and we, we just kind of got to the point where um you know we're, we're looking at our strengths and stuff and, and realize it's probably time to go you know you know, going on, on sli- slightly different paths, mm-hmm. and I love the the business development and the manufacturing side of things. My brother was also a- always good at um, at the more b- business to consumer, so that you know the brand facing type things. So um, then I obviously wanted to carry on. I was actually doing some uh, manufacturing stuff on the side for like four or five years while running GDUP up because you know initially we weren't making that much money. So I was like designing making clothes for like footy clubs like the West Magpies and <clears throat> mates like bands like the Fundamentals and stuff, but it was always just like a bit of a side gig thing. And then um, in, yeah, around 2019, 2020, um, when, uh, yeah, me and my brother kind of decided to kind of, you know, go down slightly separate routes with it, um, I was like, I'm just going to call it GDUP Supplier. So it's essentially taking, like, my experience in, in building a brand, leveraging my connections, my know-how, the business and, and brand development side of things, and essentially kind of, you know, got a bit of a blueprint that we've kind of taken or, or developed with over, over time with GDUP. And um identifying clients who, who we think have, have potential to, to leverage that. Um, yep. So essentially it's kind of like an end to end service, bro, <coughs> from yeah, from designing like and like Ruth we was saying to manufacturing and, and logistics. We're essentially like a the fundamentals or the infrastructure that sit behind a brand. We've yep. got that and you can we can either just do the design you facilitate. work, we can do the manufacturing or we can do the, the whole service.
0: Are you guys fucking
2: politicians? What so well worded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You asked him and Reese is like, yeah, so basically, blah, <laughs> perfectly scripted. They do this. And you know what? I, I'm actually, um, I've been schooled. Because initially I thought, okay, yep, yeah, they're just a solid brand where if someone wants to come and um, use, use them to put their brand out, that's what they do. But I didn't know you really did all the other stuff. Like you can help them properly build their brand and facilitate it. My dumb ass was just thinking they come to you for the,
1: Manufacturing the fabrics manufacturing. pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But
0: the fact that you encompass all of the other things, why the fuck would you be going anywhere else to get your shit done? Yeah. Because Facts. if you're coming here, you're going to get a proper brand built for yourself. And in there, I, I, always have a, I always have a look in there. I always have a look in there to see just what's going on. And there's a lot of people, a lot of different brands. I see some sports stuff, just some streetwear stuff. And it all looks schmick. It all it's all for
3: people that understand the value that we bring. It's not for everyone, you mm. know. You need to go through a certain mm. amount of work to realise that, oh yeah, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I should focus on this part of the business and I can utilise someone else to do the other part, mm. you know. Um, we've learned that in experience from working with several different, you know, uh, musicians, brands, uh, organisations, whatnot. What Startup works and what, yeah, and yeah. startups <laughs> and shit, like what works, what doesn't work. And we just had to sort of navigate ourselves through that. We're working with social influencers and we just had to navigate, figure out, all right, yeah, is this working? This isn't really working. What's worth our time? Who gets it? And we just want to have shared energy um, with- Synergy. Yeah. Synergy, yeah, with our clients that we work with. It's not just about like, yeah, having a service, like we're big on relationships. So mm. all of that like has to come into account. And yeah, we want to make sure that people get it and respect our time and what we bring to the table. So bro, we he- don't
2: even have a website, bro. So yeah, it's like, literally. it's all, it's all like interpersonal relationships or introductions behind the scenes. It's all like this kind of closed network thing. We had a website, but to be honest, it's like the yeah, like Roos was saying, <coughs> all, everything that we do is um yeah, yeah is based on the relationship, so it's like it's that's where it starts.
1: Do
2: you know what? Like, okay, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you have a website though? <laughs> we have a website. <laughs> we a website. It was, it was yeah, clunky yeah. as we had we had a guy. Um, <laughs> we had a guy on uh, on Upwork try and fix it for us. So I designed it initially, and then it was a little bit clunky and we had this guy from India try to fix it and he actually just butchered it. So <laughs> we ended up just sacking it because it's like, we we're getting all these inquiries from people who I think thought they were ready to make some moves and we we're actually spending more time trying to reply to people whose interest was unsubstantiated. That's yeah. what yeah, yeah, yeah. And I we were just kind of like, look, we, we started developing, we, we were getting super busy just with the people that were coming to us. So to be honest, it's just fallen by the wayside. Like we're, mm. we're busy doing other you know shit. What?
0: <laughs> I think I think there's two things that I want to point out. The first thing is you not having a website for what you do doesn't alarm me that much mm. because like you just said, everything is built off relationships, um, personable interactions. And sometimes I think that people may think, oh yeah, I'll just go on the website, pick a blank, put my design on it, and fuck mm, off. Yeah, and yeah. it's more than that. And then where my second point ties, is, ties in is when they come to a place like this, what a fucking place to come mm. you know they're coming here and they're like wow okay like this is what these guys do you invite them in here and i'm assuming that you've had many people come through here and just sort of have the chance to talk to them and properly face to face rather than just being like oh white tea fucking oh let me put my fucking yeah you PNG can on you there. can yeah. kind of
1: vet them and like get that energy face to face and build that connection bro but like this place as well like not only is it i mean the gdo supply headquarters but Bro, there's so many people that have worked out here. I mean, like you had Jody just working out of here before. I mean, who else? Rick was here yesterday. Like the people that were in here, even letting us do the pod, like which Mm. we are grateful for. So, like, I mean, it just seems like a really good space to to for people creative people and people in the industry i don't know bro like it's just a vibe we've had all there. sorts
2: of people when we first moved in here like both and i was saying like bro this is just, it just become like a bit of a a, a mecca for yeah for, mm. for making those connections and people from all different walks of life but everyone's coming in was like fuck, something feels different in here you know and i think like I when, when you can harness that energy um particularly i think coming off the back of lockdown and stuff it's like everyone was you know keen to get out and and we just so happened to have, have had just built this place up and Bro, yeah, when, when you find people that share a wavelength with you, there's a particular type of language that you speak on that wavelength. And I think it's like we all kind of you know just gravitated towards one another. And, yeah, so the past couple of years, well, yeah, we're going into our third year here now. And it's crazy. Um, the, yeah, You're the ready. types and the amount of people. Yeah, the lease is finishing up in, Bro, in, in, in a year. So. It
0: feels like yesterday I was watching um, you guys and some of the younger boys, like, painting on the IG story. Mm. Like, yeah. coming I soon, like, I was like, fuck. And just the way it came up and... Like this, obviously,
2: is the, the centerpiece. I think. How did that come about? I I painted it actually. Um, I was. Did you paint that? Yeah, I painted it. Yeah, I'm. am like I do murals and oh, visual art and stuff as well. But it's actually Reese's favorite movie, and I had planned to do one, um, a, a Scarface artwork for Reese for his birthday or something. And, um, I ne- never got around to it. And so this was kind of like my ode to, to Reese. Oh man, I'm clapping yeah. that up. What a fucking prison! <laughs> Boy, I thought um, your favorite movie was uh, Usual Suspects. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but um, yeah. How do you boys meet? How do you boys meet? Let's talk about that. Like you guys grew up- Bro, bo so. loves telling this story. <laughs> <laughs> I, bro, I
2: always tell it. Why don't you tell it? Bro, I, want to, I want to hear it coming from your mouth.
1: Um, <laughs>
3: Bro, I, so where we grew up, I grew up uh, in a place called Minchinbury, out west, um, sort of near Mount Druitt, across the highway, um, and I used to go to high school at a place called Emmaus, so that was in a, like halfway between Minchinbury and Penrith, but a bit out, um, so I, like, I bounced around, like, yeah, I went to went to school in Minchinbury, went to a bit of high school in Penrith, where Bo was from. Uh, And then yeah, ended up doing high school in St. Clair So it's like, that's like a sort of a triangle I covered a lot of space, knew a lot Mm. of people And um, I was dating this girl uh, in year eight And you know, that was the MySpace days
4: (laughs) 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 What was your MySpace MySpace. song?
3: (laughs) I had a couple, I had a couple (laughs) Um, And yeah, around that time She like started showing a bit of disinterest And I was like, what's going on? Anyway, she <laughs> she's got she's dating she starts seeing this guy um, while we're seeing each other. And I'm like, who's this fucking guy? I was like, Twisted. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? mom's
1: <laughs> Twisted? Tw- tw- yeah. I'm like, who's
3: who Twisted? Is oh it with a Z? Nah, nah, nah it's just Twisted, bro. It, it, and <laughs> I was like, who is this guy? This fucking Metro looking dude. <laughs> 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 the
2: blonde fringe yeah. though, like, oh, Yeah, yeah. Fully, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. she couldn't have gone, like, so left.
2: <laughs> 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 Polar See? opposites, yeah. bro. Literally. <laughs>
3: And uh, yeah, ended up being Bo. Oh my god! And Damn, I was like, "Fuck! I'm going to fucking him. kill this guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: bro, then I looked at his MySpace photo, and I, was, I remember it so vividly. You were standing like in in front of like baseball cages or something, and I was like, "Bro, this guy looks fucking mean as." And, <laughs> and I, I I didn't I definitely didn't look mean, bro. <laughs> I, th- I thought I was pretty mean, but I definitely wasn't. And so we had like this, and I was like, "Oh, bro! Apparently, th- this guy Reeves from from Minterbury wants to flog you. and you know, you're 14, 15 years old, bro? You yeah. know, it's like that. Everything back then, you." Seemed way bigger and than yeah, it really was, you know, it was, it was, it was. It was pretty trivial. Um, and then fast forward a couple of years, I played soccer with some lads in Saint Clair. So around it wasn't so it even
3: like, like it was like maybe a year later. Yeah, maybe a yeah, year or yeah, two. Because
2: I think I played there when I was like fifteen or yeah. So maybe like yeah, like a year. Mm. Pro- yeah, probably a year and a bit later. Because yeah. then we um, yeah, I became mates with some guys that I was playing soccer with around Saint Clair, um, and we went to went to a party. Um, with with Andy and, yeah. and someone in, in his prelude or some shit. Yeah. I get in the car and Reese is sitting in the back and I'm like, bro, I think that's him. And yeah. I'm like, okay, it turns out that it was. And, and really the rest is history. We became heaps good mates from that night, bro. And um. Yeah, but it's always up. it's
1: always the ones that you don't like at the start, but then you become like close friends. Yeah, with yeah, yeah. It's crazy, no, I swear yeah. that happens a lot. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 And then yeah. I guess once you
3: get over that, like you you weren't even talking to her at that point. Yeah, though, it's just nah. Like kind of like you know, yeah, was it was, like, was, it, was yeah. some, it
2: was some problem last year, MySpace. hundred percent, fourteen year old like toddler. Yeah, old, like, Todd yeah. Shit. yeah. Like, shout yeah. out to yeah. her, bro. She brought us together. You know, you are the reason this building exists. very
0: much. What What were you doing when you are in your teenage years? I mean, what was you know? What was that era like for you? What were you obsessed with? Everyone's got obsessions and phases when they were in their teenage years. I'll start with you, Reese. What were you doing that was like, you know, giving you life, I guess. At oh, I was on crud. You're on crud?
3: I was on crud. <laughs> I was like, 15 years old. I had a fake ID and I was going
2: clubbing every weekend. I got a fake ID and we'll, bro, we were literally going clubbing like 15, 16 years 15 old. Years I remember old, seeing yeah, photos yeah. of us and just like bro how on earth did they let us like, <laughs> like We look, honestly look like fucking children bro. Yeah, yeah. Reese yeah. looked, oh, looked older than I did bro but I had the fringe and the little pretty boy metro shit going on and like I looked young young. Um, but Reese was running the ball up in, in the clubs bro. Yeah in the clubs <laughs> like 15, 16 15, 16
3: years old Like it was crazy But that was like my first taste of like culture You know mm. what I mean mm. Like because back then in, this, um, in Sydney It was crazy bro The cross was nuts Like yeah. clubbing tour. I remember the first time I went out there Like I walked in at like 9pm And like didn't leave until like I walked out and the sun was up, bro.
1: People going for runs and shit, and that was like I was like this
2: seven to two thousand eight, like
1: like the glory days of the cross. Ministry of sound
3: like 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 Australia, Sydney was actually like going crazy. They had like uh, good uh, local bands that were like international. Mm. Like I don't know if you guys knew about Modular Records. Yeah, yeah, I think I, mean, that, I hear that's about familiar. modular records. Yeah, it was right. like um, bands like Cut Copy, Vanshee Tech, you know, Cut all all Copy like and yeah, yeah. Tame Impala were and mo- mo- yeah, yeah, modular no and shit like OGs oh, wow. like that indie alternative. Yeah, it was indie rock, alternative popies, like electro sort of shit yeah. like um, J's spec. crazy DJs too, man. Like really talented
0: DJs. That's when like TV rock and like the the pop
3: bellies,
2: pop bellies. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, yeah, 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 yeah. My that, my was uh, that was when it started
3: going like, yeah, presets, presets, presets. Pre-set. Pre-set. Pre-set, like, yeah. So that was but like Sydney, what we you grew know, up on. You like, know?
1: like for the like the the recent history, like people are like Sydney's dead, like nightlife dead, but like they don't realize that it used to be popping. Like, it was
3: crazy. Like honestly, Sydney, the energy Sydney, in the air was just different. Like crazy. they even used to have this like free Sydney
2: festival. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. In, I was, um, yeah. Yeah, Sydney Fest wasn't it? Festival, and it was all yeah. over the city, bro. They shut the city
3: down It and was over like New Year's time, and what they yeah. would do is they would have like the artists coming in from Field Day, um, oh, and fuck. like around like that New Year's time, and they would pay for f- play for free. Yeah, they would shut the city down, bro. Stages everywhere, and just playing for free. What The fuck, like just you all can't all on, even like, main, imagine main that. Main right streets, yeah, right? like, city. Wow. yeah, never, oh, wow. never. Whoa. Um, but yeah, it's just a different time, you know Those, Sam, do, do you
1: reckon that, like, has, an, like, part to do with Why you've stepped into, like, events And, like, you know, because you've worked in I, I've
3: currently stepped out now But, like, yeah, definitely Like, I was always on the sideline Just watching this shit, like, damn Like, this is really what's happening I was looking at it I was watching YouTube videos of, you know Guys like Daft Punk, um, DJing, like before, like, even when they um had, like, their Alive tour. Like, remember when they did, like, the Pyramid? The best yeah, tour ever. Yeah, yeah the best yeah, tour yeah. ever. Like, they did that in Sydney, bro, as well, I 2007. I know. Um, but Fuck. these guys were, like, DJing in club, bro, and I used to just watch it. I was interested, you know. I was like, man, this DJing thing's kind of cool. And, yeah, bro, that's how I'd like it all. Oh, that was, like, start? the intro. When the did you start intro- DJing? Like, about 16, 17. What? Like, but just learning. Like, <gasps> it, was, it took a lot longer for okay. me. I had no music experience.
0: But like, what were you DJing at that? Like, you weren't DJing... What were you DJing back then? Was it Ministry of Sound Cuts? Like what were you doing? Type shit, like, yeah. but we were a
3: bit more ingrained by then. Like, was there like, was, maybe like bro, Toxic Avenger and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. All that, all like, heavier stuff. yeah. I've a photo,
1: lab. Like, look at this. Is a photo of isn't
3: name. Yeah, like that's a whole nother even chapter of my life. Like there's been like what, multiple.
1: Well, have a look. That was sent to me by Jesse. Main Oh, that was sent to me by Jesse um, from Shivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I told him he that I was- He used to run, like, yeah, he used to run. Dope and, he was, and I was he like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm working with Reese. you know, he's a good friend of mine, blah, blah, blah. He's like, bro, I know Reese. man. Yeah. We used to throw parties and shit. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he used to fucking, I booked him for a few shows and yeah. shit. But yeah, we'll put it up, but like- Yeah, yeah for sure. What about you, Bo? Like,
0: were you just running around with Reese at this stage or are you more into, I'm assuming you
2: were into art. Yeah. And heavily. Yeah, I am. Um, so how did that come about? yeah bro to be honest it was like in growing up all both my brother uh me my brother and my sister have always been into art but neither of our parents are and uh even in primary school and high school always good at it but never really identified as an artist or anything but in um in year 11 and year 12 i just started um i kind of discovered da vinci somehow and his kind of anatomical sketches and shit and fell in love with that and what um, age sorry uh when I was in like high school in like year I, I, I don't know how I think like I, I think it was in art class I'm not okay. I definitely wasn't some woke fucking 16 year old I was going like yeah. yeah. to say like just and
3: to buddy and bo um went to St Mary Senior in year
2: 11 and 12 which was like a, a selected school like I didn't make it in
3: an art school, wasn't
2: it? No, it wasn't was an art school. No, it's, it's, like a, it's like a select, you got to sit an exam to get in there okay. and stuff. So it's only year 11 and year 12 and it's massive. There's like 500 kids in each yeah, year. Mm-hmm. You got to sit an exam and um, and kind of you get all your grades and shit, so you know, you have to get selected to go yeah. in there. So, so in, f-
1: in what way? Is that like an artistic? <laughs> no, 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 it's artistic no. at all. It's, it's, it's like like academic. Oh, academic, yeah. yeah. okay, yeah. 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 True um, and then yeah.
2: on his free periods would come to my house.
3: I'm <laughs> in
1: at home. Yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, we all we thought we were gonna be going to be gone cuz we went to separate schools. Mm. So, we thought we were gonna be going to be gone to year 11 mm. and year 12 together cuz there was about six or seven of us that applied to get into this school and I was the only one that got in. Yeah. Did you apply as well? Yeah, yeah. I applied. Yeah. Uh, you didn't you make really the like cut, Yeah, <laughs> You didn't make <Yeah>. the, <laughs> the <laughs> cut, bro. <laughs> i the donkey. Yeah, I out. I'm like, ooh, That's <laughs> why I went down that fucking the rocky path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me go turn, yeah. Up. Yeah. Let me turn um, up. Let me turn up, let me just <laughs> turn the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> but yeah, then, um, just started to like try and copy Da Vinci style, and I was just started drawing with like a ballpoint pen and realized, like, fuck yeah, I'm pretty good at this. And was doing like hyper realistic portraiture type shit, and did really well in, in HSC and that. But now, to be honest, art back then wasn't like a, a big part of my life. I was, yeah, like around that age, bro. I was, yeah, just it was pretty much just recent night just running around. Like, we, we were pretty rogue, bro. Mm. We do like probably shouldn't say this but we're doing we're doing petty runs like we i had had a little xl bro and we we'd go to the servo in (laughs) for bro that amount of times, i'd sit there waiting in the car we go and steal other people's number plates and shit (laughs) put them on bro and i'll pull them. (laughs) and go reese bro fill the fucking car up we need to get into the city or whatever (laughs) reese go and fill it up and ah, gap it out of there (laughs) we were we were pretty rogue at that 16 17 kind of age um i mean yeah what
0: is there one story that (laughs) sticks out that you can say from, from the younger days where you thought, fuck, that's a classic. Like, we need to tell our kids when they're old enough.
1: Huh. Just remember, we can cut this shit out if it's flagrant. <laughs> <Too>
0: flagrant. <laughs> I feel like it's one. They're looking at each other like, right, actually, I don't know,
2: there's just too many. Too many. But then, like, I moved, I moved up to Brisbane um, when I was 18 to study. When we graduated high school, I got a, like, a government scholarship to study journalism oh, up see. in Brisbane. So there was a period where... Yeah, I was up there for four years from that eighteen to 20, kind of twenty three phase. So we 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 obviously we were still close mates, but we obviously weren't spending time and shit together. Yeah, I was gonna so say,
0: did you grow apart heavily, or were you still kept in touch? I
2: think you, you still kind of we still kept in touch on social media and shit. And I'd come back a couple of times each year, but no, nah, we weren't like obviously we weren't we weren't hanging out. And it was there was a period there where yeah, not not that we weren't mates, we just weren't spending time together. Obviously because I was interstate, mm. um, and that was it was up there that I, I went up there to study journalism, dropped out of that. Um, and, you know, my mum was super supportive with that You know, most parents would be like, no, you need to stick it out You know, you've been given this opportunity type thing um, You know, you need to stick it out Mum was like, yeah, if you're not feeling it, you know, drop out And then I went and did fucking sport and exercise science for a matter of like two weeks Oh uh, bro, guys, stop doing that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, dead ass, uh, stop doing it Because,
0: you know, I went to a sports school in my, um, in my last two years of high school I just couldn't go to normal school anymore <laughs> And I got there and it was so easy. I thought I was a genius. And every single cunt from that school was like, yeah, nah, bro, after this, I'm going doing uh, sports science at uni. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you guys, it's probably one of every cunt I know that did sports science... He's not working in sports. <laughs> no, that much. Like th- those cuts are doing something completely different. Like I feel like it's just that one course at school that sounds cool. Like, oh, yeah. I could work at a footy club. Because or- yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's one job and some cunt has it for like 20 years. Yeah. Like, you're, not, you're not getting it. All like right. You've got to be the creme de la creme. Yeah. So you're off doing that in Brisbane. Yeah. What are you doing at this time?
3: Um, just being a bit of a flop. Being a you bit of a flop i was like had i was lost after i left school um and was just sort of like my parents were like you know you got to get a trade you got to do this whatever because you haven't got an education yeah so for me i was just like all right i guess so so um one of my mates lol i ended up working with him and his dad um doing electrical work and, okay you know that's when I really found um, that it wasn't for me, but we used to take the piss, man. We're like we used to, um, fuck it. <laughs> not, we didn't used to work much, you know, you know, you drag it out. Um, we do X amount of hours of work, say we were there for the whole day, whatever, and fuck around the rest of the day. Um, so during that whole time of four years, I'm doing my apprenticeship. I'd go like to TAFE days. I'm not going to TAFE because I'm not really interested yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, and then it gets to the end of the four years and I'm like, fuck, like, how do I even do this job? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait,
0: the blue wire to the... <coughs> yeah, blue like, w- you know, I had,
3: like, I was not confident whatsoever. Um, so then it sort of came to a point, like, obviously, my boss ended up finding out I wasn't going to take doing all this shit. So oh, I was like, Man, this ain't going on any longer, you know, you need to go sort yourself out. Um, so then I was like, kind of, well, what am I interested in, like, what are my passions in right now? Well, like, I love music, you know, so why don't I, if I'm a DJ now, like, what's that next step? And it was producing... So I looked into that and, like, well, what can I do? How can I, like, sort of extend um, and take my knowledge further in that space? Um, So I ended up going to JMC and doing audio Mm. engineering. And it was good, like, I'm obviously not a producer now and, like, I'm not an audio engineer now, but being in, like, a a uni or college setting and, like, there was so much in school that I wasn't, like, taking in, Mm. you know? So Mm. being in, like, a formal education space, like, gave me a lot of insight, like, of how to learn and,
0: like you know pay. was that was that the, sorry to cut you off was that mm. the turning point for you you say you, you were running around being a bit of a being a bit of a dick yeah was that the turning point where you thought fuck like i might i might have something here
3: yeah for sure for sure that I was the, that to was sort the of point? like knuckled down a bit yeah, yeah and um yeah so for for three years I, I did that course and i met a lot of great people um and continued djing and think once that wrapped up, I was like, all right, I think I want to go overseas, like have a holiday and then come back and, um, you know, sort figure myself out what the plan is and whatnot. And I took three months off. I went to Europe and I wrote a bit about this on um, RARO on my post. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was RARO. A, yeah, it was a bit of a, a turning point for me where you're spending three months broke haven't really got much money you're just getting by and <laughs> for yeah. me it was kind of like i was going to all these lovely places looking at people with money and my friends had money and i was just like man i can't be living like this you know Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: was me. I'm like, that was me literally like two months ago yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like i'm yeah. in europe and she like oh look cool i'm still having maccas for dinner
3: yeah <laughs> so for that i just like took a lot of inspiration in and i was just like looking at everything i'm like well, you know when i get back i want to like, have some side hustles, work for myself. I think I was, like, while on that trip, I discovered Gary Vee and, like, was okay. listening to a lot of his yep. shit. And I was, like, all right, like, I need to, like, get back and, like, you know, start connecting with people and figure out, like, what my moves are going to be. But I want to be my own boss. Like, yep. even for the music that I was listening to, like, I just started to listening to, like, rappers that were honchos, you know what I mean? Businessmen. Like, businessmen, um, yeah. you know what I mean? You and like whether that was like on some trap shit yeah. or like um, actually making something of themselves, like that's the stuff that I was just like taking in constantly like so when I got back from Europe, man, I was just like a different beast. Like I ended up becoming a really good worker which I never
0: was, you know what I mean? I was like Bro, ready to put that hours in. That's so interesting because you know a lot of people say that mm. that and I said it on my first Europe trip and I fucking failed. I said, mum, I'm going to go to Europe. I'm going to fucking find myself. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be a beast. Came back, COVID started. Yeah. And I was like, I ain't doing shit. Like, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just fucking out. But for some people, if you do it right, travelling can really, and I'm the biggest advocate in the world, it can really open up your eyes and be like, you know what? Nah, you see shit over there that you don't see over here. Mm. And you experience things, you meet people and all that. And... I think that trip might have been your fucking one of your biggest blessings, bro. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's,
2: like a, it's like that, like you guys were writing about on, on Rara. It's, it's one of those like shedding in the skin moments, you know? Yeah, and I think it's like sometimes you got to take yourself out of the you know, the, the monotony of, of, the, of your day-to-day or, like, you know, in, in life, bro, like when, you, when you do things uh, repetitiously or, you know, constantly, it's like you end up becoming a product, product of that. But to be able to kind of evolve from it, you've got to take yourself out of the kind of, yeah, the implications of of that day-to-day. It's Like, I've kind of got this saying, um, you know, you should you're, uh, you should never be a product of your environment. Your environment should, should be a product of you. Mm. But it's hard to control that while ever you're, you're constantly in the same environment. So it's like taking yourself out of that. Like, I recently just did something similar went to thailand for for three and a half weeks to to um yeah shed some kind of skin and it's like you, you you i think if you go there with a particular intention and you're open to it then i know bro the world the world kind of fucking looks after you and, and 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 aligns you with whatever it is that you need to it's not as if you're sitting there and consciously thinking like i'm going to achieve this i want it this is where yeah, i'm at yeah, you know yeah. you're not it's not as introspective while you're there but almost instantly retrospectively you look back at it and it's like fuck like yeah no that's that's something i need to do and more often than not, it's taking yourself out of your, your natural habitat habitat and the Bro, safety net. You said it? like,
1: mm-hmm. I w- com- uh, like you want to search for uncomfortability. Seek or something. discomfort. Yeah, seek yeah. Yeah. discomfort. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I think I was actually you just answered my question before I even was gonna ask it. I was gonna say, where has there been a moment like that, like Reese has, where you've gone overseas and, and done it and you said Thailand. Tell us why Thailand and what you did over there that that made you, you know, um, sort of, I guess shed that skin because it's funny that you mentioned that because Mr. C on the pod yesterday said his brother had just randomly decided to go live on the border of Laos and Thailand and just live in the sticks and just yeah. completely flip his life on his head. So what, that's crazy. So why Thailand? And what were you doing there that made you sort of come back different, I guess.
3: Sorry, Jerome, maybe you should tell him like your first trip. Yeah.
2: yeah oh, maybe the first yeah, trip. Yeah. I was, I was, Where I was, was the first trip? just going to start with that. Cause it's like, I was chatting to, to Jamie, my fiancé, before I went and I look back at, you know, my, the past kind of, I'll say 15 years as an adult but, you know, I'm only 31 but I look at going to Brisbane, right, and, and kind of, you mm-hmm. know, come, coming from Western Sydney, you know, a, pla- a, a smaller place where, you know, everyone, you know everyone, you're kind of known by everyone, you've got the safety net of your family and everything. I went to Brisbane to study where I knew absolutely no one, had no friends, the cousin that I'd lived with, that I was moving up there to live with, I'd only met twice um so I went and did that and I, I think from a very young age I I learned to be to be super self-aware I, when I went up there I was kind of like you know when uh, well, you know as, as a teenager 15 to 17 years old I was you know just kind of going out starting fights and just kind of it was it, that was typical of, of teen of teenage boys out in Penrith you know and but you know and I kind of I, I realized at the age of like 17 18 that you know that wasn't I was looking at him like, fucky, why are you doing this shit? But it was kind of like, you know, I was still continuing to do it. So when I went up to Brisbane, I, I, I looked at that as like a, a bit of a clean slate. And I'm, I'm not acting as, as if I was like the biggest fuckwit in the world. But yeah. I, I realised that some of my behaviours oh. wasn't like... actually. You were the person I was spending all my time with. Yeah. <laughs> so you, was, you were rubbing off of me. Um, but no, I went up there and, you know, I was kind of like, you know, yeah, you've got an opportunity to kind of, you know, be your own person type thing. And went up there and... Um, I just found myself doing the same shit, going to going to parties and kind of calling someone out for someone or starting a fight. And it wasn't like going out and picking and fights. It was just like someone did this to to that person. I'd go in to defend them because that's what we'd be. That's what we'd be like down in out in Penrith and stuff. And I learned quickly my like, fuck, you know, you've got an opportunity here to to grow and evolve, but you're not know, allowing yourself to. So that made me become, yeah, super introspective and self aware and And then I kind of went through a bit of a a self-development and growth phase and then moved back down to Sydney and we opened our first store with the brand and stuff and then Ran that for three or four years, and also then just got to another point where I was like, "Fuck! I feel like I just need to kind of go." And I actually went and did um, a six week uh, trip in China on my own. Shit. Um, just in like just straight China. For just straight weeks. China. Yeah, I spent a week straight in China. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, that, that's, full China. Bro, that's full a China. that's a pretty typical reaction because people are like fucking China. I think yeah. it, it gets a bad rap for you know for a lot of good reasons. Um, but um, it's also a fucking stunning country. I actually yeah. the, the reason why I had the idea to go there wasn't just because we manufacture our stuff over there i I spent the first week um meeting our manufacturers and stuff for the first time but i'd watched a documentary on um on uh i don't know netflix or something about um southern china and like all the jungles like up the top of like burma and stuff there and china's so fucking big man it's so expansive and it's got beautiful national parks and like jungles and shit and it's crazy some of the rivers there it's like it's crazy that doesn't get you know, the, the, the lights Yeah, and those really mountains that, Like, you know? well, where there's, there's like Tower of the Rock Yes, there's Shangyaji mountains yes. Bro, like yeah, In the clouds um, Those ones uh, Avatars yeah, It's inspired Avatar was based off Of yep. those it mountains It looks yeah. nuts, bro like.
0: Just looking at those last week That's crazy yeah. that you mention it yep. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah um, so yeah, and kind of similarly went over there, and just I've I, I've always kind of had this like innate gut instinct of like knowing what I need to do when I need to do it type thing, and it wasn't like it wasn't uh, any particular occurrence or whatever that I was like, and I wasn't I don't think I was in search of anything particular. I was just like, nah, like I feel like I need to go, and and you go, and it's kind of just yeah, follow follow your nose a little bit with it, and I think that, and I'm I'm looking back now and when i just went to thailand there's five years in between each of those things occurring in my life and it's crazy And it's like i'm looking at looking at that as maybe like a bit of a cycle or a bit of a Mm. a bit of a placeholder of like all right cool it's like i'm looking at these kind of you know these growth spurts these mental emotional and spiritual growth spurts or whatever when you're going through it you don't feel like you're doing that but when you go when you take yourself out of your your environment you look back at it and it's like retrospectively like fuck all right this is where i've been to this is what i've learned and um going to yeah so the, so to answer your question going to thailand was um i actually bro just put on put on a bunch of weight over over covid like 12 13 kilos and i've i've always been like a stocky guy and stuff but um got fucking fat pretty <laughs> <Too> much <laughs> got fat me and me and my missus were just eating treats and drinking wine and shit on the lounge, hitting lounge, yeah, lounge heap. so i, I actually went over there to go um to a to it like a training camp like this muay thai kind of
0: Fitness oh, kind of
2: bro, My friend's done that. Oh yeah. Which one did you go to? Uh it's called Fitco on Toast It's like a hybrid one. It's not hard out Muay Thai. They do have like the Muay Thai yeah. gym there, but then they do like hit classes and everything. They yeah. cook your meals for you and shit. It was actually fucking really incredible. Mm. Was
0: it hard doing doing the training every day or were you not
2: going in like I was going hard? You're going bro. hard? Yeah, I lost I lost like six kilos in three weeks, three and a bit weeks. Oh, fuck. Um and we're training like um my my. I actually ended up having an Irish trainer, um, uh, Shay, shout out to Shay, he's a fucking legend, he worked my ass off man, we do like two hours in the morning and then come back in the Arvo and do another hour, it's like burning anywhere between, yeah, (laughs) sweating like crazy, so burning anywhere between like three and a half to six thousand calories, so um, yeah, it was was sick bro and it's like I kind of, there was also just some personal kind of things um, that I needed to work through. Um, and it's funny you don't go over there and you're not sitting there and sitting down and you know thinking about that acutely it's like again you take yourself out of your environment type thing I think yeah your your conscious and your subconscious mind become a little bit more in sync and they do the work for you you know Mm. that's
0: that's that's great man Um, I think that uh, I agree with everything you said and I think that traveling uh, like that and it doesn't even have to be overseas it could just be Fuck. Like anywhere that's just away from your normal en- environment mm. so you can get out of your comfort zone. And we spoke about this yesterday. Like I'm not I, I seem like a confident guy, but I hate things like if I have to call someone here that I don't know, like I start freaking out and like mm. I don't want to fucking but in when I'm in Europe and shit, I'm traveling by myself, I don't have no choice. Mm. I have to go and check in and talk to that random Spanish cunt.
4: Mm. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right.
0: I have to. Hola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay yeah okay you've given me the wrong key okay cool so they're just little things like that fuck i'm, I'm stressing over a spanish fucking desk guy and this guy's doing three <laughs> weeks of muay thai there's, yeah. there's a bit of a difference
2: yeah, I'll, I'll actually give there's a, there's a little gem that i can give give lesson, listeners here um there's a ted talk by this travel writer called pico Iyer, and I, I suggest to everyone they go and watch this it's um he talks about the art of going nowhere and being still. So it's like I think you know when we've got the idea of traveling and we've got a destination in mind, I think we can can you know, often kind of preconceive what we're going to get out of it, what we're going to get, yeah. what we're going to put into it type thing. And sometimes it's like the, he talks about the art of going nowhere and being still. So and he uses this analogy of like um, picture like picture this is a massive screen and we're all like up here close to it, right? And when you when you when you're sitting directly in front of something. Um, it's pixelated and you can't see the whole picture, yes. right? Yeah. Take ten steps back and all of a sudden it it's fucking becomes a lot clearer, right? And so sometimes you've kind of got to got to go nowhere and sit still, which is to and, and take a few steps back to like fuck that's that's what this means, you know? And mm-hmm. it's like well, this this is what <clears throat> this is what's actually happening here because while ever we're a product and you know we're in the, the in the immediacy of a, of a given situation and shit, it's like you're governed by what's going on. To to, to, to st- take a few steps back and so like little shit like, like even like it it sounds trivial, but you go on. If you've got you know a bit of a complex or a nervous about speaking to people or whatever, all those little occurrences where you're doing it outside of your comfort zone, that you're you're rewiring rewiring your brain yeah. to to be, to become better at that, and yeah. it's all habit forming. So you yeah. know, and so doing it over in, in Spain or you know a key getting lost or having to introduce yourself or whatever, th- those are little challenges that that you are taking yourself out of your natural environment. From you're kind of going there, and it's like. So remind yourself when you are in those places, bro, to sit still and actually like consciously think about that shit yeah, and be like, you don't you know what, it's, it's actually important. When
0: you're doing it, like you said, you don't – there's some times where like I worry, I'll, I'll look back and I'll be like, I need to tell myself like, bro, you fucking did that shit. Mm. Like because a lot of the times you just sort of do it and then it's whatever. Like,
4: yeah.
0: like I always – sorry to bring it up again, dead ones listeners – but I've only ever had one girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention to you guys that I had a Colombian girlfriend? <laughs> um, and I fucking just, when I was 21, like I just, I'd saved up my little pizza shop money and just fucking lived with her family for a month. And everyone's like, are you fucking mental? You've never met these people. And I was like, I guess I'm about to meet them. <laughs> and they couldn't speak a word of English to parents. So I was like, damn. this Italian? is going Italian? No, nah, Colombian. Oh, right but in Atlanta. So I was just like,
1: fuck. But see, like, it's weird because, you know, after everything you said, like, about your personality, you're afraid, but like, you've done shit that a lot of people wouldn't do though. I know, that's yeah, why it's Atlanta, weird. Atlanta bro, tell, tell, you us, went you to
2: tell us about Atlanta, yeah. that sounds- yeah, yeah. We actually yeah. have never got <laughs> into this, so. Let's go bro. time to shine. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: <laughs> well, basically, uh, yeah, I, uh, when I was younger, I never really, I was extremely closed off. I remember on my 18th birthday, um. Like all my family, my friends are like, let's fucking go out. I was like, nah, 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 I'm scared. I'm not doing that. Mm. Like the, the most I will do is go to the casino and I'll bet 50 bucks and that's it. <laughs> and I'm going home. And I used to walk around to people and saying, I'm um, like, oh, that, that's alcohol, that's poison. What are you drinking that for? And I used to be very closed off, very close minded. But this um,
1: guy, bro, this guy was the guy at the house party, like in, you when you're in, in high school, up. wearing the fucking blazer cuffs. <laughs> You know those we like mates in high school? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we would have hated each other, no, 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 <laughs> like high But You know those weirdo cunts, yeah. bro, that like thought they were fresh, like coming to the fucking house party mm. in a blazer, looking schmick. It's like <laughs> with what a what weird doing, like, like JJ's t-shirt on. Yeah, yeah. There. yeah exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, politics was my yeah, poison yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah. uh,
0: I don't know if they're still around, but uh, yeah. So I was very closed off, and then in turn, I think I only went to three parties in my whole high school life. Wow. Um so I was very closed off and obviously I was like oh, fuck all my mates are getting with fucking birds and I'm not, I'm not doing shit and then they had all sort of had their party years 18 to 21 and I and I still had was like you know very uh I wasn't seasoned in that sense and then um Twitter good old Twitter comes along meet her on Twitter uh during the 2014 World Cup and then um she invited me to a group chat because like, I was like a music nerd. She's like, oh, there's a bunch of music heads in here. Like come into the chat, let's blah, blah, blah. And she loved this guy in the fucking chat and he wasn't giving her anything. And I did the good old dirty Mac. Mm. And I said, you deserve better. You deserve better. <laughs> okay, if only I was over there. And then she goes, yeah, if only. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, well, do you want to try this? And I was like, fuck, I'm leaving out. I'm just giving key moments. We spoke for ages, like, you know, building. I didn't just say to her, like, first time in the chat room. (laughs) I'm booking a flight. Hey, guys, I'm Jerome. So you, um, you can be my girlfriend. So it was a lot of, you know, Facetimes and calls and shit like that. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I was in the full mode of like, I can do anything. Fairy tales. Love is real. And then, so, you know, there was a few little bumps and all that. She was undocumented, which was a real... Like a real stressful situation, obviously.
1: What do mean? Pardon? What do you mean? Cross the border, lad. Not, oh, not true. an American citizen. Damn. Yeah. Uh, her parents. Half ice. Yes. Yeah. yeah, bro. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. And um, is that
2: sorry? Sorry to cut you off. Is that something that's like quite, quite prevalent? Like fucking oath. Like you see it in the movies. You'll be surprised. You don't, I don't mean to be fucking. No, no, no. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. And yeah, well, yeah. You know, it's so it's
1: easy, bro. Like in America, like it's just. Across the fucking... Like, it's it's easier yeah, than yeah, you think. Yeah. It's not like oh, yeah. Australia where you have to fucking catch a boat or a it's plane or some to shit. Like. Yeah, we're the only island continent. Eh? Literally, yeah. bro. But, like, over there, it's so close. It's just yeah, harder yeah, to easy.
0: maintain, though. Like, once you get yeah, over there, yeah, it's yeah. like, you get a speeding fine, you're fucked. Yeah, you true. get in trouble with the law, you're fucked. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. tough. So... But they're really
3: running a risk, like doing that. Fucking oath, so bro. But that bro, just shows how fucked up their situation must be. To like, like the, you know, they're
1: willing. To they're know, willing we're, to talking, we're talking.
0: We're mm. talking Medellin cartel situation. Yeah, happened.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yes.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can like, only imagine. Like family members were shot. Etc. Yeah.
2: that's crazy like we it's, it gets glamorized and celebrated on fucking netflix and shit yeah, but Narcos. like the, the real reality yeah. is like you you know you've seen that shit firsthand it's like, mm. like that's bro, I, will nuts, bro. Ne- I will never
0: forget we we're on a fucking road trip with her parents and they couldn't speak a lick of english so she was just like translating and i actually said to them i was like so what was it like you know had why'd you come to america Blah blah blah. it was around september 11 as well so stressful time and yeah basically she said look in Colombia, my dad was driving for some people and then shit went haywire. My uncle passed away, got killed and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, it just was, it was too messy. Like we had to go to the United States. And I was like, fuck, like, like you said, you see it glamorizing shit, all that narcos, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's a real thing. So that was a sticky situation. And then she was applying for colleges. She's a genius. She got a fucking scholarship to Harvard.
2: Wow. Like,
0: she's a proper, proper smart kid. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to save up and I'm going to come over in your summer and I'm going to spend a month with you. And she's like, yep, my parents are actually cool if you stay at the house.
2: Wow. And I was like, fuck, okay, like. And how old were you at this point?
0: I was 21,
1: right? Yeah. Mind you. Like, not many people are doing that. Yeah, like, yeah bro, that's big, man.
2: I was talking about, you know, it being big going to... <laughs> her, going to Brisbane, you know, it's like, yeah. bro, that's, that's, that's scary, yeah, like that's, yeah. that's enormous, bro. I'm yeah. gonna out myself here, I was a fucking virgin. I hadn't been
0: on a date, none of that shit. So what yeah. made
1: you like, what, what was it? It was just, these girls bad.
0: It was just, look, <laughs> she's, she's very <laughs> bad. She's bad, she's good looking. And I was like, wow, okay, you're good looking. I'm probably not gonna bag someone of this caliber in Australia. Um, You know, her family loves their soccer. She loves the same music as I do. I was like, it's a perfect fit. Mm. Oh my God, she's smart, whatever. Like, oh my God, how can this go wrong? And then, yeah, saved up, went over there and fucking got off the plane. And I saw like a cut out of Kanye West's head, like on a stick. And I go, that's fucking gotta be her. Like, that's, that's, that's gotta be her. <laughs> and she's waiting there, and it was sort of that like weird rom-com moment where we just like I started smiling and then like ran to each other. Oh, it's mad, Her parents are right behind her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did you have I a stiffy? Like, yeah, I did. I did. I did. I was. I was. Yeah.
2: Her dad. Bro, this reminds me of American Pie a little yeah, bit. That's the
0: Nadio name, bro. <laughs> Dude, her dad's like to her in Spanish later. Like, does your boyfriend have like a fucking? Like, something's going on in the pants down there. I, was, I must have been a bit too excited. I was like, shit, I've never really seen the nastiest fat. So, um, yeah, so then I went there and, look, spent a month in her house in Atlanta. Atlanta's fucking wild. Um, you know, had crazy experiences there. I saw Drake, uh, like, surprisingly, that was, like, a highlight. And we spent every second of every day with each other. And, obviously, we had some some fucking, some arguments. Right, but that's what happens when you're fucking up each other's ass constantly 24 7. Like, it's not like she went to work and I was chilling at home, like, every day we did something. So it was just like the craziest month of my life. Um, so much happened. Summer in Atlanta, like 2016, everything's going crazy. Like music, uh, just social media, everything's just Damn, like Damn,
3: 2016, board. that's wow.
0: a fire time to be in Atlanta. 100%. Bro. That is a fire time to be in the Atlanta. The Dirty Sprite
3: 2 just came out.
0: like <laughs> 21 Savage just dropped yeah. the, uh, the album with Metro. Like Gucci Mane just got home. I went to his homecoming concert. Damn. Drake was there. Future was there. Like- it was the best time in music. Views had just yeah, come out. Like, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, this yeah. is the fucking best summer What it's time ever. to be alive when it yeah, just dropped, Yeah, like. It was that era. And Uzi? I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uzi was- Everyone was going crazy. And I was like, this is like the best era to be in Atlanta. And, you mm. know, she was sort of well-known and shit. I was a bit insecure, mm. right? I always fucking tell people she was friends with Ruby Rose. Oh. And- I was just like, fuck, I don't like. Before Ruby, Rose, is Ruby yeah, Rose Yeah, yeah. And right. there, there's been rappers in her DMs and all that. And I was super insecure about that. I can't lie. I was like, fuck, I don't know how I'm going to fucking deal with this shit, mate. Like, How did you deal with that shit? I was very just like, please don't entertain them. <laughs> <laughs>
3: She's like, I'm not. They're please just, don't break
0: my heart. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not. And then um, I came back obviously on a bit of a high because I was like, wow. And I would never forget. I wrote this massive Instagram post like to everyone that doubted me. you know you can do this if you're out there and you love someone on the other side of the world it's possible I just made you realise that it's possible and blah 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 and I'm on such a high blah blah blah. and then she goes to college and obviously going to college is like the biggest fucking thing in American's life Mm. like it's so big they make such a fucking big deal out Mm. of it it's corny and obviously she's moving to Boston from Atlanta and all this stuff's happening and and it was just a bit too much for her. And she was going to parties Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Guys were fucking obviously trying to crack onto her, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting at home like, fuck, can't even FaceTime you anymore. She's like, I'm busy, rah blah, 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 And then like two months later or three months later after I got back from America, she just broke down to me on the phone one day. She's like, can't do it anymore. She's like, I need someone in person. And she goes, you are focused too much on me. And at that time, bro, from... From the ages of 18 to 25, I was the most lost cunt on planet earth. Mm. Like starting this pod was the biggest blessing. Fuck, I hate saying this. Meeting this cunt was a blessing. (laughs) Right? But before that, I was so lost, bro. My mum and I used to argue all the time. I was like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? What are you doing? We give you everything. I'm fucking so privileged, bro. I get given everything. And my mum's like, get given everything and still fucking nothing. (laughs) Like, you know- (laughs) And I was just like, fuck, I don't know. I, I don't like so it. But, laughing, yeah, no, bro. No, bro, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, I'm a fucking I was a loser. Uh, <laughs> so that was like, I was really down in the dumps, bro. Like it was fucked. I was like bad. And it was the first thing I'd ever experienced like that, mm-hmm. you know? First and heartbreak. Yeah, like, first oh, heartbreak, yeah. first fucking,
2: and you know- and That first one's tough, bro.
0: Bro. Yeah. And it's different because like, you know, <laughs> It's like once it's done, it's done. I'm not seeing her again. Mm, Like I'm not seeing, I don't have a chance to go over and talk things through. Like fuck, you know? And she had already moved on nice and quick. So yeah, that happened. And then uh, to loop back around to what you were saying, um, those years I was just fucking completely lost, bro. Like doing little odd jobs here and there just to have a little bit of cash for myself but nothing crazy. My friends were all doing well. And I'm looking thinking, fuck, like, I can see why now she probably, you know, because she always had this thing like, I don't want, we talk about family and everything. We had to. It was a long distance relationship. She's like, I don't want my kids to like have a plastic surgeon as a mother and a a dad that works in a fucking pizza shop. I was like, damn, is that how you look at it? I was like, we grew up different though. I grew up very privileged and like, my family backs me and supports me. Her, her parents are like, we brought you to the United States. You're gonna make something of yourself. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a bit of a two different worlds, and I wish her the best. There's no obviously there's no bad blood there. And but yeah, that's what happened with me. And I haven't had a girlfriend or anything serious since. And that was in 2016, yeah.
2: So look how formative that experience. So was, formative. Though, yeah, I like, learned so like, much, like, yeah, bro. Sometimes
1: like, you need to go through like <laughs> adversity. Like it's it's a weird. It's a, f- it's, you know, we had us, we talked about this yesterday, but <clears throat> it's like the, that the curse of having successful parents or like, yeah, bro. how do you teach your kids to not, to get motivated and find inspiration? Because mm. sometimes when you have everything, it can be, I don't know, nah, de- right. detrimental. Don't so you know what I think like about yeah, bro? Like sure. no.
0: how to, how to like, cause I always, when I was younger, I didn't fucking have a half a brain, but I was always thinking like, why the, bro. <laughs> You're fucking, you Kim Kardashian's kid. Why the fuck are you going to school, cunt? Mm. Your mom's a billionaire. Mm. Like you'll be set for life, but it doesn't work like that.
1: But mm. you got to give it to like, you know, Kylie Jenner and that because to come into a family like that and still work and still go yeah. hard yeah. at shit, like yeah. it's pretty impressive. Like even like, you know, the Will Smith kids and shit, like it's not easy because you see a lot of kids that have a lot of money. Like, I mean, we're talking about celebrities, but just yeah. even in general, like if you have a rich parents or like privileged- upbringing um they just go to shit. They're drug addicts and shit and mm. fucking. I don't. I don't know. No, like no, that's a generalization. No, you know you, right.
2: know. you know what it is, bro. It's like it's. Uh, it, it all boils down to. It's got nothing to do with the kids. It's got to do with the parents and yeah. and the relationship that the parents have got with themselves, bro. A lot of the time, what can happen is that you know their relationship with themselves and their kids become second to that success, oh, right? Man. And so that's there. The, 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 there's a there's a break in the in in the line of communication there, and I think it's like if I can speak from my own experience, like my my mom's been super successful um but she she's done it the hard way she's definitely had nothing given to her she's always been self employed but Jamie and I talk about it as well like what what we what we would want to pass on to our kids and it's like there there's plenty of time in the world for, for kids to learn about how to fucking how how to handle their money or how to find their career or how to develop a business and stuff but bro if, if you miss the opportunity for to to give a if you miss the opportunity to, to give your kid the opportunity to be able to yeah. understand themselves and learn how to communicate, bro, everything in life comes from our capacity to communicate, first and foremost, with ourselves. But then our peers, our family and our friends, if you think about job opportunities, think about understanding where it is that you want to go with yourself. It yep. comes down to communication, right? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, the language that you speak to yourself. So it's like if there's anything that you can that parents can really, really own and change, bro, it's, it's how they communicate with their kids. And and be, be that example of being self-aware, bro, because everything is a direct derivative of us as of our perception of ourselves. So learn that shit and learn to teach that shit. And so successful people, and, and that's why you know, you look at like, yeah, the Kylie Jenners and like Will Smith kids, bro, they're, they're super hyper intelligent kids. And so it's clear that the dialogue between the kids and the parents. Um, obviously, you know that their, their, their relationship has become a little bit tumultuous or whatever. The chain angle, Chris, or whatever the slapping comes, but <laughs> uh, but it seems like their their relationship with their kids, bro, is is, is super Good. open and and, yeah. s- and strong. They communicate, you know. But even the that.
3: way that their kids have handled that whole situation is also like respectable because it's yeah. like they haven't blown up, gone crazy, made it about themselves. They're mm. able to interpret it and understand it for what it is. That's you right. kind of got
1: to feel sorry for those kids, though. Like, I mean, like I'm just speaking off the cuff, but it's like fuck, like. The parents like, what are you doing? Yeah, I know, like
3: yeah. all your parents' business out in and public. Like, it's quite, quite being, crazy. Imagine, yeah. imagine being
1: a kid and seeing your mom and dad on TV, like, bro, yeah. we spoke about like, this. I mean, <laughs> this is the thing. This is why, well, and this goes
3: comes back to what Bo saying: is like their parents have taught them how to like deal with that, deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they deal with it fucking very well. Bro,
0: Fuck. they grew up with flashing lights. They deal with it very well. You know, they grew up with flashing lights in their face, and it's funny because, you know, the the pod episode where I said, um. Uh, I cracked the I cracked the shits because I saw my mum smoking a cigarette once. Yeah, and I cracked the shits.
2: How old were you? Um, you're 22, 23, 22, 23. Last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: I cracked the fucking shits. Right. My dad and brother, whatever. I don't care. But I I was like, what are you, I was like, what are you doing? And I saw her on like the camera that we have in the garage. I was like, you think you're fucking slick, huh? <laughs> and she goes, Jerome, shut up. And I was like. What the fuck are you doing? That's poison. What are you doing? But then I'll look at celebrities and think, holy shit, like there's people like Joe Budden and stuff that get on pods and shit and talk about... How they fucked a girl last weekend, you know. And I was just like, oh my God, uh, if my parents were doing this <laughs> in the public eye, I would be. Oh, well, imagine absolut- if they're future's <laughs>
3: kids, bro. Like, bro.
0: <laughs> like, imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> like, it's kind of. <laughs> like, imagine that, bro. Yeah. Like, you're seeing your parents do that type of stuff. And that's my main thing. Like, like I, I'd just be super embarrassed. Like, have you. Do you have kids? No. Okay. Reese do. does. <laughs> have you have you changed as a father? Like what has changed since Kamika's come into your life in terms of how you move, maybe emotionally? Like how how has it changed you? Um
3: It made you selfless
0: it makes you selfless, like
3: honestly, yeah, you know. It's not all about you anymore. And I think that's um what has helped me realise like what I want to do with Raro, um, because You end up stepping away from yourself and be like, oh, there's a bigger picture. You know, my daughter is now the bigger picture. Everything that I do is for her, for her future. Um, And that's the same that I want to do with Raro in terms of the community. So it's like that father figure, not just um, at home, but also
0: with my peers. Okay, you've just given me the perfect segue. (laughs) Father figure, right? Now, I'll get Bo's take on this after I say this because Bo's probably known you longer than most people have but you know not to fucking blow smoke up your ass bro but uh from the moment i met you i thought wow i love this guy and that's very rare for me to say and everyone i speak to about you yeah bro sick cunt Mm -hmm. yeah bro best bloke yeah bro greatest guy and you're telling me that you were being a flop in your teen years and shit. <laughs> right? So I'm trying to like do the mathematics here. <laughs> doesn't <add up>. yeah, <laughs> it doesn't add up. Yeah, this <laughs> is add And even just like even just even when I was early with Coda, he was always talking, always shabazzle on the phone and shit. Mm. And I'm like, this guy's like it, just your energy in person, always laughing, always in a good mood. I, I love that when people can do that and make me feel comfortable <clears throat> going into spaces and stuff. So Why do you think that everyone has all these nice things to say about you? Because you know you've had your hands in producing, management of types, uh, events, uh, clothing, everything really. So how have you become this great connector and like an OG of sorts to people? Where it's like if I need some advice, I'm probably going to go ask Reese. I think it's a respect thing. Yeah, and that goes both ways. Like my I've been
3: instilled from like very young. Um, that respect is massive, you know, greeting people, you know, whenever you're in a room and like making sure that everyone feels comfortable in the room. Um, yeah, it's just stuff that my parents have taught me from young, you know, and I think I've taken that and every person that I meet, I want to leave a good impression of myself towards them. And that's just like, yeah, I treat everyone, um, how I want to be treated with the same level of respect, whether it's fucking the janitor or an owner of a club. Shout out it's, janitors. Yeah, Custodian. Yeah, you know, like, I'm a janitor. Yeah, 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 you know? Literally. So, um, uh, yeah, I think it's the art and science of respect, bro. Honestly. Yeah, I just yeah. think it's rare. I see I that. I think it's Raro. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, Bo, speak on speak on your relationship with Reese, and then, you know, you guys seem to be a fucking dream team. And I'm sure there's, you know, little nothing's perfect, but speak on Reese about, you know, sort of. Yeah, your take on what we've just spoken about, really.
2: Bro, to be honest, like, yeah, like, nothing is perfect and fuck what even is perfect. But in, in terms of our relationship as as, as mates um, and now as business partners, bro, it, it pretty much is. I think we've found the perfect dynamic and I think we've both had different... Uh, experiences, but we, you know, we're both leaders in our own right. And yeah. and Reese, in particular, you look at like you know the roles that he's played in, in, in different circles, like you know with the with the with the Saudi team, with the when he had Main Street, like he always just assumes that. And I think it's, yeah, I think you know after hearing, we not even hearing, seeing what you know his progression from a, from a young uh, uh, you know teenager into the a young man and now a father. It's like I think similar to, to what I was saying before. It's like learning about yourself, young. And then you, and then you kind of develop innate leadership skills. And and Reese has just kind of, you know, exemplified that in, in everything he does. He always just falls into that kind of leadership role. And I think, yeah, I think obviously it starts with respect. But he, um, I know he he's just got that kind of innate ability to 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 put the first first step forward, you know, and just kind of have have, have the bravery and the balls to do it. And then you know you you set a particular pace, and, and then people kind of just end up turning to you with things because it's like more often than not, you're the person to kind of put your hand up and, and, and take a bit of charge, you know, and that takes balls.
0: That's, I mean, you've worded it perfectly. You guys are politicians, as I said. Like, <laughs> Dan Andrews needs to be watching this. But, um, yeah, it's, I'm not, I, I really have a lot of flaws as a person and, I, and I'm aware of them. And one of them is being quick to judge and, um, I guess, like meeting someone and just being like, oh, yeah, whatever. But f- bro, mm. from the second I met you, it's like you commanded my respect. But you did it in the nicest way possible. Mm. It's like I'll mm. always look at Reese like, no, like that's that's Reese. That's a fucking a pinnacle of a bloke. And mm. one thing I always love about you, bro, is. You always present yourself well You're always <laughs> fucking fresh Ah uh, you just need to stop <laughs> no, 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 no.
2: Except, except for yesterday bro, Except we for yesterday
0: <laughs> Except for yesterday Bro I was like What the fuck's going
3: on here Y'all were seeing the BTS <laughs> <laughs> Then put that shit up yeah. Nah it's alright yeah, you, ha- ha- yeah. yeah.
2: you have a bit of a brain freeze bro When he comes into the office Without, without the fresh haircut My brain's fucked up yeah. Yeah. Bro, bro, I'm like, what What's his, <laughs> his glitch bro What's his glitch <laughs> in the system I'll be like bro I'm
3: gonna get a haircut He's like please
2: do And not because he needs bro Motherfucker's Always looking pretty, but like no, when it's yeah, he's looking yeah, like yeah. he is now, it's it's, it's much, right, right, much right, easier right, to chill focus. Out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> All right,
1: you shift. I <laughs> oh, no but like, um, <laughs> let, let, let's talk about Saudi for a bit because that's the reason why we even know you. Mm. Like, that's the how we've connected here, and um, you know, we've thrown parties together in the past, and you know, Saudi systems for those who don't know was probably one of the most influential. I'm not going to even say a party. It was a movement. Um, it was pushing Australian culture forward, especially when it comes to the rap scene, Afro beats, um, fundamental in bringing that kind of music into Australia and um, promoting it. And, um, you know, clothing incorporated into that. But I'm sure that you were sort of involved in some of that too. So talk to us about Saudi Systems, um, how it came about and, uh, yeah. I mean,
3: um. Was- yeah, so... It was founded on the basis that there was nothing happening in sydney um with you know a few friends and yeah like like you said it was never just about a party it was always from the start like yo, what's the vision for this like because that was at a point where i before that i was in the sort of uh music group mate called main street and i was doing producing for them and that sort of fell fizzled out a bit but from that experience, I was like, no, when I, anything that I do from now on it needs to be big. I need to be thinking bigger picture. Like, I don't want to be just doing some, like, sort of local shit. I want it to be able to stand on, like, a global tier. Um, so that – with that sort of thinking in mind, you know, you've got to start locally. So we started with the parties and what we were able to create and, you know – Slowly increase in terms of you know the venues that we're going to, in terms of capacity, the people that we're following and whatnot. It was like it was very impressive. It's something I'm super proud about. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know there was a lot of moving parts within the team. It wasn't like a one man thing. It was like there was everyone was playing a role, and you know things were very carefully curated. Um, to make sure that these events were something special and we we'll bring in something always different.
1: It's an experience. You're selling an experience, mm. and like it's about community. It's community based work. It's you have to have a good understanding of 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 people, human yeah, beings, for and, sure. and, and and you know, working as a team. You know, it can be hard, but like, bro, Saudi was definitely top tier. Like, first for. for you know, people of color in Australia, and just like representing that sort of culture, like yeah, that little
3: diaspora, like the the people that you know you you usually go to a club in Sydney at that point, or any any time still today, and you're listening to fucking some top forty shit or old yeah. club bangers and stuff like that. The no one really has that, up. yeah. No one really has yeah, that yeah, like taste level, or like the want f- to be uh, curious about what else is there, and want to educating. show the streets. Like, yeah, educating for yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. And most definitely. Um but yeah man it was definitely it was some a good a run good run yeah
0: good So run. just to to cut in there like I I will say that again I'm a harsh critic but I um I'll never forget when uh you boys first came to uh the Trasillo Christmas party mm. and I never do this and I walked up and I said hi to all of you and I said I oh, fucking I've seen your shit like it's impressive like I've seen the Instagram and all that and this is rare. Mm. Like this is something that's a bit different. Obviously I'd started going to Trasillo's, So I was getting into that world, but I was like, yeah, this is different. But I think the the important thing we want to touch on is with everything that happened, what was your biggest takeaway from, I guess the ending Mm. and how have you sort of uh, introduced the lessons that you learned from that into uh, your business ventures now, I guess. I mean,
3: when it was all happening, sort of the ending and like people can do their own like research on to what happened or, you know, if if you know, you know type vibes. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to speak on like other people's um, shit. But what I sort of took from that is um, definitely lessons on how to be a better leader. Because for me, it was an isolated incident that happened completely away from Saudi, but people were attacking the Saudi brand as a whole and I sort of wanted it to be an isolated incident, stay as an isolated incident. Um, the person that was involved, I wanted him to take it over there. He was out and I wanted him to go deal with it over there. But I didn't really show the support that I should have. And now retrospectively, I can own that, you know. Um, and like, you know, moving, uh, like, yeah, to move forward, if I could go back, I would definitely have been uh, more supportive and had a better plan in to deal with dealing with it. Um, but yeah, bro, when shit's just happening and people are labeling you this and that as a group, it's emotions are heightened. Like yeah. on one hand, you're angry at the people that are like coming to say this shit about you. You're angry at your um, partner for not being able to like own it and, you know, move over there and deal with it. And like, you're angry with it with yourself. Yep. Um, Jeez. so it was just a lot going on, man. And I felt like, you know, there was all these things we wanted to say that we tried to say and whatnot, but I didn't want to get caught in saying some shit that was going to get me in trouble. And like Mm. looking back now, my point of view back then, I would have fucking got in trouble, you know what I mean? Like people don't realise that like, you know, it had to take some time for us to really digest what was happening. Like For me anyway, like I'm not, I hadn't been through some shit like that before. Mm. Um, And yeah, I had to just take some time to sort of sit back with it and be like, oh yeah, okay, like yeah, I can fully grasp this. I can fully understand this and I can... Um, empathize with the community as well. It's pretty,
1: you know, like it's it's a really techy situation. But there's just to touch on like the social media side of things and like cancel culture. Like, you know, people can it's just it's just hard, bro. But yeah, cancelling is a, like
3: a real like, um, crazy word that people were trying to do to us because I think well, that's mostly what it, was it was like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like it mostly should have been like more so of a, like a conversation on educational piece, but no one wanted to do that. People just wanted to f- find something, perpetuate it a bit more and fucking crush us down. It's, like.
1: it's, it's, a, it's, it's a performance. For sure, know? for sure. And I think that like, obviously there are some real things that need to be addressed course, in life. Mm. And we can't we can't shy away from that. Um, there's always serious things that we have to address and um, look out for one another. But I think that a lot of the time, this sort of the cancel culture can get into the wrong hands and it can be sort of like- Appropriated, fueled, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah. And, and it's it can,
2: short-sighted as fuck.
1: Exactly, and it's sort of like, yeah, it gets hijacked on this like sort of ego thing. And uh, it's like, mm. you know, we want to be seen as, you know, people who are standing up for blah, blah, blah. And that's all good and well, but like, you're not really going about it the right way. Like, yeah, do you know what? I mean, that's an interesting or, way to go about it. Or do you it.
2: have like a, because like the, w- the way that I try to approach, you know, any kind of topic or whatever is try to have a result driven mindset in everything that you do. And it's like, what's the result we're trying to get here? If it's education, like, and I won't speak about that isolated incident, but in terms of, of if, if we're trying to make the world a better place, we're trying to educate and trying to highlight when someone is wrong. Obviously, there's, you know, there's, there's different situations when someone's just a proper fuckwit and they deserve. They, they deserve what's getting. But I think, you know, in in, in some situations where, yeah, like you were saying, the, that kind of cancel kind of, you know, mentality gets hijacked and people attach themselves to it because they, in, in some weird way, it validates their own standpoint. It's like, all right, Cool. Let, let's address this, but let's, let's try and get the best result out of this. What's the best result? Is, is shutting down their business the best result? Or is it helping that guy understand or that, that girl or whatever it is, helping them understand that what they've done is wrong and, mm-hmm. and to learn from it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if that's what it's about, then let's have, let's have the open dialogue and let's address it. Let's give each other respect, and, and obviously, if that person who, who you're trying to educate or whatever isn't isn't receiving or isn't showing respect, then you know you, you have the right to kind of shut it down or whatever. But that whole yeah, that that, that cancel culture thing where people bandwagon on it's like what and turn it, it into something result?
3: like totally different. Like it got. So like straight off the bat, it got turned into something else. And they were saying like, you know, all oh, the Saudi boys are rapists and all this shit. And I was like, man, I can't even believe this shit right bro. now. And I ain't even gonna entertain it because I know who I am as a person and it's got nothing to do with whatever the fuck Can happened. Can I say something? And these, Can just,
1: I? just quickly bro. And they don't, and the thing is, is they don't know you. And mm. uh, yeah. that's, it's always and this the is ones the thing that thing as well. Like, yeah, right. that's
3: the thing as well. Like for the people who know me, and like no had had met me at the parties and whatever like really? that. They already know what's up. Exactly. They know I'm not on that. They see me in the fucking clubs.
1: They your knew energy what I was doesn't on. lie. Like, it your, doesn't. Yeah, that's your right, energy doesn't you know? lie. So
0: one thing I want to say on it is, and I'm really gonna just steer away from the actual incident, but because I don't want to talk on that. But what I want to talk on is what I found was people were actually getting pressured to speak on it, mm. which I thought was odd, um, and. Almost, I think some people thought, like, if I don't, then I'm gonna be looking like a sympathizer or something.
1: There was a divide. There was, there was a yeah. divide. You know what? That's yeah.
3: another
0: thing is like, people, yeah, expect people to speak about things. Like, here's
3: another sort of off topic um, example, but like, when the uh, Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. sort of thing was happening, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually know how to react. Because for me, I'm very desensitized to all of that shit. Like, I grew up in West Sydney. If Bo will tell you, like, bro, I was black Reese and there wasn't no other Reese around. Like, you know what I mean? That's just, like, the Australia that I sort of grew up in. So I'm very desensitized to it. And I didn't know how to react to that. But yet people look to you like, yeah, so what do you
0: think? And I'm like... I don't know, like, they what did should that I to think, you, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. They did that to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. P- people so were people saying, why aren't you going to speak on it? Yeah, but like, why like, aren't
3: you going to speak to it? Like, And I like, understand of, like, my position in the community, but it's like, man, I can only speak on, like, yeah. my experience, whatever. What's going on in America? I can't speak on that. Like, mm. I, I don't really know what to say. Like, I was actually educating myself um, through, like, Flex Flexmami podcast and yeah. shit and, like, trying to understand this and, like, trying to grasp where, like, people were coming from over here and feeling so, like, in
0: w- such a way about it. Bro, the, the, the thing is, they just want, um, I think sometimes, and this is not to say that these issues aren't important because they are. Mm. The people are really missing the point if they don't get this. But mm. the thing is, like a lot of people are just doing it to be safe. Like, mm. oh shit, I better put something up so they don't look at me some type of way. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, guys, you need to understand that you can feel some type of way, but you don't have to put it on your Instagram story. Mm. Like, also
1: you don't have to have an opinion about yeah, everything. You don't have to have an opinion about everything. It doesn't make everything. you a bad person if mm. you if you actually just step back and sort of try and educate yourself observe like yeah. everybody it's, it's as if people like they want everybody to be an activist, or like, mm-hmm. have well, they a want this stance. shit to
3: be ingrained in people that they know, and like, they have the answer, and that a lot you of are going to stand on the, you stand on this side of it, or do you stand on this side yeah, of it? Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what it
2: also is, bro? It's like the the internet has created a lot of falsehoods about what is real and and what isn't. And so I think it's you know it's this this open dialogue where people can kind of dip in and out of, and that that I think is is a dangerous thing because it's kind of like. If if we were all sitting here having a conversation, we'd all show each other with a lot more respect, right? Yeah. So it's like, why why wouldn't we try and emulate that on on the internet? You know, and it's like for me, I usually don't I don't buy any. Twitter's I'll, wild. I'll sit down and have conversations with anyone about anything, and and I'll listen, and I'll be schooled, and I'll I'll be told that I'm wrong, and I, and because I've you know I try to have a result driven mindset that in that I'm trying to better my understanding of this, but bro, it's like the. The, the internet is, is such a dangerous place to have those conversations, bro, because it's like, it's, there's, there's those safety nets where people can say whatever the fuck they want. And it's like, they can just check out, they can delete their fucking social yeah, media. Yeah, coming on, coming on those know.
3: pseudos and like saying all this like crazy shit. And then, you know, they delete their page. Obviously all the stuff they weren't saying is true, but if mm. you just like tapped into the Saudi system story and then that's what you saw from it, then that's what you take from it. Exactly. Right, you know what I mean? And then that's it. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. you have this like, oh, you did the Saudi system's parties. Oh, shit. You, you were that, Nick? Oh, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come I, on, you man. You know what like, is? I Damn you're th- really, come, like, people don't think about that when they're making this nah. shit, though, right? No, they just like And you know what it is?
0: P- people will have, uh, you know, again, this is not saying what they're, I guess, protesting about is wrong, but it's, usually it's like Bo just said, it's not really happening in person as much compared to the internet. Like they're going to get their real thoughts off on the internet and then in person it's like I'm not going to say anything <laughs> Hold on. Mm. Yep. yep. because it's like you know and then also I think a lot of people in general not even with the Saudi incident um, share it to tick off that box it's mm. like they aren't, they aren't even aware of the full story and they're they're sharing it and you know we've all fell victim to it we see a headline we see something going on and we're like oh fuck yeah. chuck it up that's fucking that's, that's cooked but Really, if you read into it and you see what's going on, it's like there's most of the time there's another side to the story Mm. that doesn't get to be told because there's one side that fits the political agenda at the specific time, or it could be any agenda, really, Mm. and that's what we're going to roll with and this is like media tactics and
3: yes. shit too but that's
0: now falling into the general public
3: and,
2: and you yep. know what bro I, I don't think i don't think sharing uh an idea or an opinion or something is that damaging i, I agree that sometimes you know it, it means that you know things that like you said there, there are two sides to it and yeah. it's sharing and giving your opinion but i think it's when you start attacking other people yeah. mm. that's where it becomes really dangerous because it's like if, if you're coming for a, if, if you're going to attack someone and tell them that tell them directly that they're wrong and, and say hurtful things and you need, you need, you best believe that you that you really understand both sides. Oh, yeah. If you're just sharing something and, and I think it I think that's a you know I I don't, I don't think any of us are sitting here saying that's a negative thing if you're sharing something if you've seen it and you're resharing and, and you're kind of, you know, trying to bring light to it or whatever but it's when that people take it that next step and start going at people and attacking people that I think that's where it's like but that's also not like what about like if you know, with or even all that shit that was going on, like no one actually even reached out
3: to us yeah. and tried to like say some and shit, mates like, of yours, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and like, mates yeah. of ours as yeah. well, like come and tack in the business, like they didn't think like oh shit, like. You know, this has happened. I'm gonna call Reese and I'm gonna see like, you know, what's up and say this, whatever, blah blah blah. Yeah. But they're gonna go in their story and then jump on this bandwagon and like mm. carry on the shit. It's like, man, like my girl's pregnant right now. I ain't even fucking trying to deal with this shit, bro.
1: It's 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 crazy to see and like just to have that different perspective because yeah, as Jerome said, like we've all we've all sort of been there on the other side. It's like you see some headlines about a celebrity and you're like, oh yeah, fuck that, like fuck yeah, that guy yeah, or yeah. fuck her. Like what yeah, the and that's fuck? what I was, was talking combat, about. But then, like, I wasn't yeah. trying
2: to talk about this. Yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah, 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 yeah. But like you know, like seeing the uh, but like if
3: someone is accessible, which we all exactly. were, like we weren't <laughs> fucking like yeah. there wasn't nothing. There was like definitely we were at the parties, whatever. We were within the community. It's a different exactly. It was all community. PR agent, It
1: was all direct community. Like everybody mm. that pretty much said something had literally had direct access to you. It yeah, wasn't. Being to the parties, you're not you're not like, fucking like Donald Trump, bro. Or like where it's just like you're yeah, this huge figure where like sure. we can't access you. We don't know how to like figure this out. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you're literally in the community like yeah. and it's just the way that people went about it. Like it's so strange to see that you're like everybody's just jumping on it. Yeah, fuck it. Like, yeah. but like Instagram pages were made bro. Yeah. Have you like bro, have you have you yeah. ever had to deal with something where
0: your character got attacked um, character assassination that's Character what is, assassination yeah? In terms of Where you really had to th- Like Defend yourself defend And be yourself? like no
2: um, Bro Funnily enough Bro That shit happens in my dreams I think I think I've got some Deeper subconscious Kind of Really a, Yeah Yeah actually Like I've that, It's happened Yeah like um, A couple of times In my dreams Where I feel like it, Where I've kind of like a, a social group Or whatever is Yeah is like Everyone's kind of Ganging up And it's never really Happened in my life I had one incident with a with a close mate of mine um, that, that I, I, I don't want to tap into too much, but yep. we we were best mates, lived together for a long time, and then out of nowhere, um, kind of just dropped contact and haven't really had that much of an explanation. So I've, I've yeah I've, I've spent a while kind of looking at myself and trying to think like what the fuck it is that I could have done yep. that monumentally wrong. Um, I think there was a lot of moving parts with that, and I, I kind of just settled on you know on what will be will be um and you know when, when i think when you know yourself type thing and i think that's uh, tapping back into what i was saying before that dialogue that you have with yourself and how you communicate with yourself is like that's your that, that that's your playbook you know and i think if, if you're honest with yourself about that then anything else that that happens around you it's like you always need to reflect back and it's how you perceive and understand it based on on yeah that understanding of yourself so it's like if you're if you're really honest with yourself and you know we, we all make mistakes and we all do fucked up shit sometimes uh you know we that, that's just a part of life. But if you can, if you can really own it for yourself, bro, then no matter what anybody else says, I think it's much easier said than done. But when you really, really own it and look at yourself and if you're content with that, bro, then it's like irrespective, you know, it's like, and because the people who are doing the wrong theory or who are bad people, they can't sit there and honestly say that. They can't mm. sit there and honestly say like, nah, I'm sweet with this. You know, if you, if they are, bro, then, they got, they, got yeah, some di- they got some big problems, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, as soon nah. as you
3: own it, man, it's like, it's totally fine. Like, people love redemption too. It's like, mm, yeah. man, no one's perfect. Like, you fuck up, own that shit, and like, mm-hmm. move
0: forward. No one's going to fucking... People yeah.
3: are so quick to move on to the next thing anyway, so... Yeah, yeah.
0: So, speak to us about then, I guess, how Raro formed. Because I feel like once Saudi met its ending, mm-hmm. all, all these blessings, all these blessings sort of just... Sort I of think like, up. Yeah, it was like the yeah, timing like divine timing type. One door closes, another one opens. Yeah, like the birth so of your daughter, Raro working yeah. here. You know, like yes. talk to us about
3: that. I guess. Um, in terms of Raro, it was my cousin wanted to start. Shout out Josh. He wanted to start a clothing label, and I, me and Bo always talk about this and talk to him about this. Like, you can't just start a clothing label like and just. Clothes, like yeah, you right. know, you need to have added value, and I wanted to use Raro as a platform to talk about experience of people that I look up to, um, talk about my experiences, and just be like a positive impact for the community, and like like the person that you know I am, uh, connect people. Yeah. Um. So that's what Raro is, bro. It's like um, a platform that you know we're going to be posting a lot more on and dropping clothes and stuff, but it's just going to be a pillar within that community of yeah positive impact unity and bringing everyone together because i don't know if you've experienced it in sydney but it's quite segregated everyone's doing their own thing and we have a few different sort of networking ideas and stuff that we want to start implementing soon enough um to bring that closer together because you know you can go far by your own but you can go further together yeah because
0: like obviously the garments are incredible Mm. the stuff that you brought out already but i think um yeah, even just the attention to detail, the the shoot you guys did, the little short film, like all those things. It's about, I, yeah, I was like, like, wow, this shit I've, is like... I've, I've got line.
2: to give props to, to Josh, actually. Like Josh, Josh works with us um, with, with JetUp Supply and obviously starting uh, Raro. Um, bro, how he's gone about teaching himself to do design work, like he's conceptualised and done... Like pretty much all the designs himself, like Oh, no, Josh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, And man, it's it, that—that's actually heck. Like, like I don't know whose idea it was, but to have that—that that sensibility to look at that shit, and you know, and Josh was very certain of the type of clothes he wanted to make and shit. And he's he's super steasy and stylish himself. Um, but yeah, that attention to detail, bro. It's like it's. I've I've had. Ample people come to us over the years. You know, after Jordan. co-founding, um, you know, G Up, and you know, it's arguably one of the biggest, you know, streetwear brands, if not the biggest streetwear brand in, in the country at the moment. So we've had heaps of people come uh, and pitch their ideas and stuff, and I'm just like, bro, have like, have you thought about this? Like, what do you want out of it? Type thing, and I think that's what Reese brought to the table. is like, right, like the impact, and I think Josh is, yeah, again, you know, Reese is leading in that, in kind of the impact and the thought process, but Josh is kind of taking the lead on the design and what it wants to look like and there's just like a perfect kind of harmony with the two, you know, and like... He can, and that's that's you know. in
3: terms of business relationships and shit, that's what I'm always trying to find, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, with me and Bo, like, we're literally yin and, yin and yang, you know, like, Bo is like the visionary, I'm the hustler, I'm like, alright, yeah, let's, this is how we're going to get it done type thing, mm. you know. Mm. I think that's me, you I can,
1: think that's yeah. pretty much me and you yeah 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 low key but mm-hmm. like on just on like what you guys were saying, you know with the vision and the branding, like you can facilitate josh's dreams and stuff, and you just know how to sort of put it into a format where we can understand it, and we there's a there's a plan to get there, and also mm-hmm. you know, just going on about what like um Bo was saying, you know we sp- we were at GDUP up like you know we, and spoke spoke to your brother yesterday, and like he said something that stuck with me about that brand, and just understanding. What you want to get out of the brand in terms of your community and speaking to the people that want to, you know, your customers. Like, it's so important. And he said, you know, he just knew that. He just knew how to. What, what did he say, bro? He said he knew his. It was, knew it, their the, language. He like. knew their language, and he knew that it was like. Spe- it was. It was a badge of honor. He, did, he the G Up logo is like a badge of honor mm. to his customers, to your customers, mm. and you guys founding that together. Like, I mean. It's, it's big props, bro. It's big mm-hmm. props. It literally Maybe, bro, is yeah. the biggest streetwear label in Australia. And you know, like,
0: you know what I need to say as well? Like, fucking kudos to Josh because I would have folded. Like, you're working with two people, right? One who's co-founded the biggest streetwear brand in Australia and now is running a place like this. And then you're working with Reese, who's seen it all and done it all. And he's just a young, hungry kid, and he's come like, yeah, I want to start a clothing brand. And instantly, you've said, or both of you have probably said, "Cuz you can't just fucking come with some bullshit." Yeah, like you know, you you know, you need to honestly, bro. Josh is a hustler. Like he's he's at at uni,
3: he's studying. He comes in here, works a few days a week. Straight after he leaves here, he goes
2: to his night shift job. Like he's. He really puts in oh, that He's work, got it. Yeah. And you know yeah. why, bro? He's an incredible listener. We've had numerous times where, um, you know, re- recently I will kind of get on a bit of a tangent. Like it was, I, m- I remember one isolated incident uh, in, in particular. He was, um, you know, like he, he loves his high-end fashion and stuff like that. And he's, and, he, and he's bust his ass to work, you know. And then he was, I forget what it was, but I think it was like a Montclair jacket. So how, however much they were, like a couple of grand or whatever. And, mm. and I was like, it started as like, oh, fuck what? Well, you, you're gonna spend your money on that, bro. Like You, you, you should be having a bigger kind of picture. And then I checked myself on that. Like, I, was, I was like, bro, don't make an example of this kid. Explain where you're coming from, you know? We were kind of, recently I kind of taking the piss out. And we were like, bro, you fucking, he working your ass, off two jobs. You're gonna <laughs> spend fucking four grand on a, on a Montclair jacket. You already got one, bro. What do really you boys so want? What's
1: up next? What's up next? Like what's plans? Because you know, I'm sure that you guys have got something in the works. You've just what signed, uh, what's that uh, trades thing like? Do we yeah, talk okay, about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about bro, To be
2: honest, there's something a little bit more exciting to talk about. Like on the back of all this, GDOP Supply for us is like, we've kind of built it as our bread and butter, but um, we've, we've just come through an accelerator program for our, our tech startup that we're launching in the, in the next few months.
0: Um, sorry, bro, you, uh, you were saying um, there's a tech startup yeah, coming.
2: Te- yeah, it's a, an idea based around what we do. It's, it's essentially automating uh, what we do in, in, in the sportswear space. Um, and I I've, I've, you know, came up with the idea five or six years ago and back to the point in terms of reese kind of being that kind of having that go-getter attitude and, and me having the visionary type thing it's like it took reese and i working together with up supply for it for this kind of idea to be accelerated and we've just finished our um uh like a, w- what was meant to be a 16-week program with with an incubator company called hyper and an incubator company is essentially um a, 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 an, an agency that kind of uh Carries uh, founders of, of a tech idea or whatever through a particular process to kind of hash out and validate a, a bunch of things yep. um, prior to the development. Usually, when you know people with tech ideas and that go straight to development, they make you know far too many assumptions and they so they're cutting they get off the fat. Yeah, exactly. yeah, fat. yeah, exactly, trim the fat type yeah. Of thing. So we've just finished that, um, and it's a it's been a bit of a slow burn. And one of the other reasons why I went to um to Thailand was to try to step away from the day to day with GUP Supply to work on our on our pitch deck for um. Uh, for the for the app um it, it actually turned out that while i was over there we had a big uh big opportunity with a client that that we've been working on for like 18 months so the majority of the the first week or two was there working on that so yeah. i actually didn't end up working on what i was meant to work Standard. on over there but that's always um word. that's um that's that's what's that's what's coming next we we wholeheartedly believe that it's going to um it, it's going to completely disrupt uh, the industry that we're in, uh, in in the sportswear industry and we think it'll um yeah, be a massive Fuck game you, changer. that up. Wait, what's the up? name of what's the name of this? App? Well, it, it, it's actually I think we're still going to run it as JW Supplier, but essentially what it does, uh, again, I won't go into into the mechanics of it. But yeah, don't not even, don't even yeah. touch yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Someone someone's going to see this. And yeah, phone yeah, with it. Yeah. he's got to pay for the Patreon to get that shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn, moves. It's, yeah, it's been about five years in in the making, and wow. we just we've just got the first quotes about uh, for the for the development and stuff. So. Um, which, it, which was a lot cheaper than we thought it was going to be. Or the development of it the sounds others. expensive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, fuck, it sounds expensive.
2: But that's, that's crazy, man.
1: That's, I, think the, I think that we can wrap it. I think we've been going for an hour and a half. An what, yeah. what, hour, it, what's hour 40 seven. pretty much. Boys, it was a pleasure to have you on. And again, yeah, thank man. you so much for letting us use this space.
2: Oh, yeah, oh, up, bro. Bro. Oh. Well, honey,
1: much love. Um, and maybe we'll get you on in the future. Recap. See where we're at in a couple of years. But yeah, when we're tech giants, we'll come back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, tech, yeah. tech talk. See the office yeah. then. Yeah. See the yeah. office yeah. then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 100%. 100%. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, these cuts will be holograms. <laughs> <laughs> I never will <laughs> <got laughs> invoice you. I can't make it, but I'll send my hologram. <laughs> <laughs> he will be there. But uh, Dem1s, thank you very much. Sydney. And again, boys, thank you for letting us use a space. Like, Eternally
1: grateful. Like, yeah. comment, yeah. subscribe. Let's get it.